anywhere near an election is when you hear just how fucking united they all are, right? Just they're all, they all think exactly the same. They're all on the same page about everything. And it's never that way, right? Forgotten Corner Podcast would not exist without our listeners. If you enjoy the work we are doing on this show and would like to support further, please consider a donation through our Patreon account, patreon.com backslash forgottencornerpod, or visit our website, forgottencornerpod.com. Welcome back to the Forgotten Corner Podcast. We acknowledge that the Forgotten Corner occupies unceded Indigenous land. We acknowledge that the Blackfoot Confederacy never surrendered its land in the signing of Treaty 7, but agreed to share it. The Forgotten Corner sits on Treaty 7 and Treaty 4 territory, traditional lands of the Siksika, Kainai, Pekani, Stony Nakoda, and Sutina, as well as the Cree, Sioux, and Soto bands of the Ojibwa peoples. We also honor and acknowledge that we are on the Métis Nation within Region 3. The Forgotten Corner is a very proud member of the Harbinger Media Network, um, which has been gracious enough to let us stick around during our break. Um, If you'd like to check out other progressive podcasts from across the country that have actually recorded an episode in the last (laughs) few months, uh, click on the link that we always provide in our show notes and head on over there. My name is Scott Schmidt. Uh, I am your co-host fumbling through this introduction, and uh, I'm here finally, once again, with my co-host, Jeremy Appel. Mr. Appel, I asked you this every week for two years, and it's been so long, I actually fucking mean it this time. How are you, buddy? Uh, Great. Uh, Now that I've heard your voice. (laughs) uh, Yeah, no, it's been, uh, you know, I had a good summer, I would say. Yeah. you know, I I visited. Uh, I went back to Toronto uh, for a bit, um, yeah, which was nice. Did you go to New York in this summer trip too? Uh, no, summer? that was that was in the spring. Okay, uh, to oh, see your okay. favorite band. That's right. That's that right. You're so jealous. <laughs> yeah. Um. No. But yeah, I. Uh. It's been. Uh. It's been a good summer. Um. You know, nothing. Uh. Too exciting. Uh, happening pretty like pretty status quo um yeah I'm moving to edmonton next month so that's pretty big uh that's my, really exciting for, for our edmonton listeners um i'll be coming to a city near you well not saying near you a city that you literally know. he'll be in you yeah like, yeah maybe not literally but um yeah i'd i had half a normal summer with some camping trips and like, we were pretty burned out. I think like we'd recorded an episode a week for two years. And uh, I just, uh, I think like a lot of Albertans can um, sort of empathize with the idea of having to um, take a step back from all of this after all, like, and like, just, I think we don't need to explain it, right? COVID and all of these things that happened. And anyway, so tried to have a summer that was based on just doing some nice leisure activities, camping with my family and that kind of thing. And then uh, that worked out really well until uh, the end of July and then the beginning of August. I had my um, wine glass uh, accident. Jesus. Uh, putting away a wine glass. Slipped out of my hand instinctively tried to catch it as it smashed into the counter i then so the motion of like if there was a video of me it would look like i got really like put a glass above my shoulder and then just got pissed off and smashed it on my counter with my bare hand so i severed some tendons and an artery and some muscle and had to have a pretty uh extensive surgery and i'd never had one of those before so that was an experience and so that was like 10 weeks ago and it's just basically my life has revolved around that and sprinkle in there we had a death in my family and then we had a wedding in my family almost immediately after so it's been like as up and down as you can possibly imagine and uh now our kid has a broken hand and he's seeing the same doctor that did my surgery and that's well, been a so it's been an adventurous summer was the doctor like what's going on in your in your household like <laughs> uh kind of yeah 
uh, if he would have seen, it's funny because, uh, well, funny, haha. Uh, my sister had broken her ankle like four weeks before my hand. I cut my hand and we ever, you know, we're all making fun of her for um, walking in flip flops in the, in the bush after a fishing trip and turning her ankle and snapping it. So anyway, um, and then, so she did that. And then I cut my hand and I'm under this big surgical wrap. And uh, this is such a dark, morbid joke, but we had to go, my uncle um, was in hospice in town here and we were, we're like his only family left. And so we spent a lot of time with him up there and, we were walking into this hospice. My sister's in this big walking boot and I've got this like surgical wrap on my hand. And I was like, they're going to think we're here to book a room. But anyway, um, it was, uh, so now my nephew has a broken wrist. So her son broke his wrist. She broke her ankle. I did whatever I did to my hand. And then uh, Truman broke his hand. So we're just a friggin' mess of a family. But anyway, that's why we went from uh, what was going to be a July, August break to a July, August, September, and just a tiny little bit of October. <laughs> we have to take yeah, off. Yeah, half of October. Yeah, no, I'm not going to lie. At certain points throughout our hiatus, I was wondering, like, is Forgotten Corner done? Like, are, are we going to come back and do this? Like, like mainly th like throughout September when um, and then into October, um, you know, and uh, I uh, thought I, you know, I hope that wasn't the case because I think we've got, uh, you know, we've got a lot to uh, a lot of people to interview that we haven't spoken to That's before right. and a lot of people we have spoken to before that to catch up with. And, and there's uh, a lot of shit going on right now. Like there's lots to talk about. It's not like yes. we don't have topics, right? Uh, I think it just took Jason Scott calling me a fucking coward and now I'm uh <laughs> <laughs> now it's like okay fine we'll do a show yeah that that's what and, and that's why like please do bully us if um we are not uh living up to yeah i mean um, the your standards well and honestly like breaks do get easier the longer they go right like it gets comfortable to not be doing anything and like i i mean i need i haven't written a column since before we even stopped doing the podcast and like that's more than a break at this point that's like a goddamn leave of absence right and uh i told myself like well i'm doing it like if i had an excuse for about eight weeks because i couldn't type at all but now i can't use that excuse anymore and i still haven't written and you'd think i should because like there's like three weeks left or whatever until this by-election in medicine hat and um it would be a good time to talk a little bit about who might be elected in medicine hat through a column. Right. But it is yeah. what it is. So I've been getting my, uh, like just a little bit of like the, the itch scratched by putting editor's notes in the ticked off and tickled pink section. Like when people say, things that are blatantly untrue i just instead of like not running we used to just not run those and now we're just running them by fact checking them which is kind of fun so now there's people writing in um pissed off at me about that so i get my kicks that way anyway You're but uh, yeah it was yeah that's right well they they definitely accused me of censoring um, and it's funny because we run like 30 ticked offs every time now as opposed to the like 12 we used to run so it seems like just that's right that's right uh but anyways it is a good way to transition into what we should talk about today and i think what was like the smartest or the smartest that's a dumb thing to say uh, it's been a while folks um what was like sort of the thing that a good reason for us to get back in here and talk we've got something that's obviously in a timely matter and we need to get these episodes out before this by-election but um i did unplug for like lots of the summer so I, I sort of like out of the corner of my eye was watching the leadership campaign for the, the UCP. And to be honest, like I was kind of surprised when I started hearing people talk about, and you're one of them that I obviously follow along that talked about Taves and Smith as the front front runner. And you were very early on saying like, she's, she's going to win. And I was like, really like, fuck, like how, right. Um, so can you just, all shut up and can you just tell me a little bit about like the summer campaign and why she 
why she was so obviously going to win when she's been rejected by those same people so many times. Right. Well, so so she's sort of been doing like this tour of rural Alberta, you know, drumming up support there, filling town halls like she did when she was the Wilders leader. And, you know, it was in part an apology tour saying like, look, I screwed up. Um, but Kenny screwed up worse and I'm with you. Like we shouldn't have any COVID restrictions ever. Um, you know, if you want to get vaccinated, you don't want to get vaccinated. That's up to you. Smith of course is vaccinated. Um, she, yeah, now she, she went to the States to get the Johnson Johnson vaccine because she was, uh, scared of the MRNA, um which is because she had to do it because of her job as like a a lobbyist with like the alberta enterprise group in order to attend meetings she had to get vaccinated um but yeah so she was going around rural alberta drumming up support signing up new members for the ucp telling them she's not going to be like kenny kenny just pandered to them and then threw them under the bus when push came to shove, she's not going to do that. Right. Right. Um, and at the same time, uh, she had her Alberta sovereignty act, which was also, I mean, she pitched as an extension of the fair deal panel, right. That Kenny convened and sure. uh, of course, and sat on. And, um, you know, they made a bunch of, uh, recommendations and, you know the government's in the process of implementing some of them like police force and uh you know uh uh saying they're not gonna um implement the federal government's like gun uh uh regulations um but she i mean she she she's going like all the way or at least was on the campaign she was saying right this alberta sovereignty act sure yes um you know, we're gonna like uh flex our uh jurisdictional muscles wherever we can. If the Supreme Court Canada doesn't like it, well, too bad, we're gonna do it anyways. And um, you know, in so so this sovereignty act, she would uh it sort of became the conversation of the race. Right. And so all the other candidates were responding to it. And then, of course, on her like uh, podcast and uh, YouTube channel, she was saying outrageous things um, like I'm sure you caught the the cancer is uh, yep. totally within your control. Until yeah. Um, and, and again, every, it reminded me of Trump in the States where she'd say something outrageous. Everyone within her party and the opposition would line up to denounce it. And it. it the effect was she was like controlling the conversation. Right. And I mean, right. I mean, she's a media person, right. So she understands how to manipulate the media in right. drum up. Uh, right. She knows that no publicity is bad publicity. Right. And, and, and so um, she's able to drum up these conversations. And of course, right. She doesn't apologize. Um, saw that with the cancer remarks. So- I was like, no, no, you're misinterpreting me. That's not what I meant. I asked around like a week ago or whatever. I was wondering a few days ago, anyways. I was wondering, and I wonder if you know. Do you have any idea, or do you know? Do you have any idea how many memberships Danielle Smith's team sold during her campaign? I I, I saw one story that after ten days of since after her announcement, she sold ten thousand within the first ten or eleven days. And they were able to sell memberships up until about August 21st or 2nd, somewhere in there. She announced somewhere in June, right? So the reason I'm asking is she got, it took her six ballots to get to 42,900 votes. She had about 35,000, 34 and change in her first, in the first ballot. So I understand that there would be some people that would obviously buy a membership from somebody and say like, yeah, I'm totally going to vote for you. And then just be like, man, fuck you. Right. So like, I can understand that. Like if you sell 50,000 memberships, that doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get 50,000 votes. But the re what I'm saying here is if she sold the the only number I've actually heard from anyone and I can't verify it was about 40,000, but that seems 
like a reasonable guess to me as to or a reasonable like idea of what might her total have been if she did the ones like I said I found one story that said 10,000 in the first 11 days so I imagine if if she got to 40,000 two months later that makes sense to me but if she sold 20 30 40,000 memberships right let's say she gets 80 percent of those are people that are like yeah I'm pro Smith I mean that's how you win do you see what I'm saying like like if all of her if the bulk of the people that bought memberships just to vote for her voted for her that means that pretty much no one else in the ucp holding a card wanted anything to fucking do with her right like if i had forty thousand votes and thirty thousand thirty three thousand of those came from new members that i got in the last two months you see what i'm saying here we're talking yeah, yeah. about well it's a takeover of the party right and, right. Um, I, you know, I expected her to have a more resounding victory. Like I thought she'd get like fifty-seven percent. It was. It, it was. I. I think it was obvious in 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 retrospect that it was going to go to the last ballot just because the establishment um was going to coalesce around Taves. And I figured that, like, I was surprised that how many of Gene's votes went to Taves. Obviously, the majority of them went to Smith. Sure. But I would have thought, right? Because, um, you know, it was funny watching Gene. Well, but too. only a small, really, like, it wasn't as many of those, like, I'll let you go ahead here. But, like, it wasn't really all of Gene's went to Smith's, like, it. It took no. her all six ballots. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, Gene was right. He dropped off before the last one. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean, but and it was pretty predictable. I mean, Leela here's campaign, which is like a fucking joke, like got 1.6. Right. Like every like, uh, you know, neoliberal on Twitter was like so excited to join the UCP to vote for her. And then um she got 1.6%. Obviously, all that went to, uh, like, ultimately went to Taves, but probably went to, you know, Shawls and... and yeah. uh slowly worked its way up the... Up yeah. Until it, they, they had to settle for Taves. But yeah, I mean, because, right, first ballot, Smith got, like, 42%. So she wasn't that far from getting the majority, but it took until the last ballot because the other candidates were mostly going to Taves. And then it was when when Lowen, right? Lowen gave her like a big up uh, when he dropped off the ballot, and then and then Gene sort of sealed the deal, but it wasn't as uh, uh, resounding as, as as I anticipated. So, I mean, yeah, she's she's a polarizing figure within the party, but it's been really interesting and funny to see the entire party just fall in line behind her after she she won this uh campaign um you know um i mean it, it's gonna be really funny if uh if uh like sonny and and here and uh i mean schultz is for sure gonna get a cabinet position like like uh i mean she has no principles whatsoever I mean, no I, no i mean I don't, I don't i don't think sonny or or or, or i hear you either but um they you know they they didn't exactly uh do themselves any favors in the campaign to uh you know ingratiate themselves with smith but um yeah it will be it will be because her cabinet her cabinet picks are like what like a week monday wait no a week on friday i think she's unveiling her cabinet so this so, comes out the day before that then so yeah so right, tomorrow so tomorrow <laughs> yeah, yeah and that'll be that'll be fun um so apparently so lowen's back in the party um I well think, she wants barnes too i mean he'll be back in no time like she's, yeah he's gonna run for the ucp but yeah. i think she said something about how he has to like uh you know mend some fences in the party before he can enter but uh Listen, yeah, she knows that she knows that if he runs as an independent, it risks a vote split in Cypress Medicine Hat with her candidate. So yeah. she I I imagine it's this is how they work, right? Like this is the this is what I think is so fucking hilarious about this is like it's literally just a repeat 
in a lot of ways of what we just saw with Kenny. Right. And it's like all the things she was talking about minute one, like, Oh, we're united. We got to be, it's all about unity and we're going to be united. And that's my whole, first of all, you couldn't have gotten elected as leader in a less united way. Like that's as fucking divided uh, a way to become premier as you can possibly fucking write in Alberta law. Like that's as, that's his like non like democratically like dealt with way is anyway. So I just um I find it funny that like this it's elections coming up, right? So everything's all about how we're all on the same page, right? And so with Drew Barnes, it's just a matter of like she just needs his seat. Just like Kenny did. He just needed his seat. So she he he let Barnes think that they were buddy buddy and Barnes talked them up, talked Kenny up for months and months and months. They never liked each other. This is their, this is how much spine these guys have, right? They're willing to just say whatever. Like you think Michaela Fry, like really, really, really thinks Danielle Smith will be good for medicine hat. No, I, well, I don't even think she thinks. Why did you back Schultz then? Yeah. (laughs) But it was also like, I I'm interested in, Yeah, like like she, it was total. I mean, she wasn't running for re-election anyways, right? So it made sense for her to give up her seat uh, for Smith. But I mean, Smith lives three hours away. Yeah, it's one. It's I. It absolutely makes sense for her to give up her seat. But like, I just don't buy the. And I mean, it's not like the other side doesn't do this either. But I don't buy the statements that are made about like oh this is this is such a what a great thing it'll be for medicine to have to have the she was just told to get out of the fucking way like that's it like she was quitting she's a nobody no offense and and smith and her team were like get out of our way we want this this is the seat we want simple as that like it had you know like so all i'm saying is this this is the time Anywhere near an election is when you hear just how fucking united they all are, right? Just they're all, they all think exactly the same. They're all on the same page about everything. And it's never that way, right? And so really for Smith and Barnes, she wants him back in the party because he's an automatic win under the UCP. Like he, who knows what he could garner as an independent, right? So he's way better, but like once he's in there again, I mean they may they may see more eye to eye than her and or than he and Kenny ever did because they're both former wild rosers and this is the kind of shit. But if she you've seen her sovereignty act, sovereignty act, sovereignty act, and like day two she walks back really what that means, right? Like as soon as she wins the leadership, she immediately was like, "Well, we'll follow the rule of law." Yeah, of course we're not gonna uh, right. disobey Supreme Court uh, right. rulings. And it's like, well, thing, that's not what you were saying. The thing about Drew Barnes is he actually believes the bullshit at the beginning that that's what Pete, like, he believes this, like, Ayn Rand kind of, like, society that 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 conservative politicians, when they get into power, will actually launch into those things. Like, he just sent out a whole pamphlet that the whole thing is about trespassing and being able to defend your properties. Like who the fuck is talking about that? Nobody. Right. But these are the kinds of, that's the world that drew Barnes. So when he hears like a Jason Kenny saying like, I'm going to do all of these great things. I'm going to do all these things. And then he's like, Oh yeah, that sounds great. And then they become the government and they realize that, you know, they walk this shit back because there's no way you can get away with doing some of those things. Right. So then, he falls out of favor well that's going to be what smith does like as crazy and insane as she is we already have seen that based on certain things she's going to have to walk back certain policies like she couldn't go full bore and into everything that she talked about for the during the pandemic and during her campaign if she went full bore and all of that she really would get crushed in 2023 like i think we've we've seen this yeah before. i mean i think though she's 
I mean, she's obviously going to create a crisis in that. Like, I, I think she's more of a threat. Like, I, if I were the NDP, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is great. Um, we're going to crush her. Um, no, I think that it's not I'm that, that you're asking right. her to apologize every time yeah, she says these, something insane. Absolutely. Cocky, a cocky uh, entrance into this fight would be stupid because yeah. like, here's this is the best way I can put it. My parents moved here from Saskatchewan, so they don't know a lot about Alberta politics, right? Other than like, they've always heard just how sort of crazy conservative it always is and whatnot and they're they're not not conservative being from saskatchewan and whatnot but anyways they come here and so they're watching this all unfold right and i'm talking to my dad and he's just like his brain literally can't compute the idea that one of the that, that the ucp could ever win another election just based on everything that happened in the last four years how could they possibly win it's been a failure from get-go and he'll see a daniel smith and be like well there's no way, right? And all I, the only thing I can say in response is like, welcome to Alberta, Pop. Like you're, trust me, you think that like you're, the logical brain thinks that there's no way that these people could be in power in a world that where anyone else has thinking power. But this is Alberta. And these are the kinds of people that can get into power and can be dangerous. And so if the NDP approaches this with the similar mindset of like my dad, like how, what world could even exist where this crazy woman could be premier? We're going to crush her. They're going to be rudely awakened in the spring when they lose. Right. And but, but I, I still sorry. think that she provides an opportunity for people to see just how dangerous she could be and beat her. Yeah, and we've already seen that she's getting people who um, felt disenchanted by uh, the political process and betrayed by Kenny to get excited about something uh, which, you know, should concern people. And it was did you read that Rick Bell column uh, where yeah. she, she said essentially, um, yeah, I don't really care about winning Calgary. Like, I think I can. I'm win. not trying to get every vote. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean is absolutely uh, it's like, oh my god, she admitted it, right? Like right. Um like I think that's the thing. Smith is uh, I mean, she obviously horribly miscalculated in 2014. But what she was trying to do with that, unite the conservatives, is what Kenny ultimately did and was successful with for a time. So I, I like I like she can't be underestimated. She's very like she she's insane but she knows what she's doing she's smart she's a like brilliant communicator um and yeah i mean we and, and she's also you know the different thing with between her and kenny's she's been very consistent since she's been a public figure like for the past like 25 years right it's just uh privatize everything uh, school choice let the free market decide uh, like the stuff she's been saying about covid restrictions is exactly what she was saying about uh, smoking bans in, in in the early 2000s when she right. was writing for the calgary herald it's just like why are we imposing like the tyranny of uh, public health on, on people let let businesses decide and if you if, if you don't like it like start your own business where um, you know people have to be vaccinated um and um it's yeah no it's it, it's been pretty wild like watching her like come back from like like i interviewed her last year for for like a municipal piece i did because she was supporting jeremy farkas and um in, in, of course in she was the calgary because yeah of course of course she was and and you know i interviewed her and i you know i i i may have said this on the podcast before but i was just so, really like like morbidly impressed by her ability to just spin this yarn of bullshit and just say it with like pure confidence. Like it's just common sense. And, um, but I mean, like I would never imagine that like a year, like it was like a year ago. It was like literally a year ago. I interviewed that she her. was going to be the premier right away. Yeah. That she would be premier in a year like that. Like, 
Because at that, well, I mean, I guess Kenny was pretty popular in late 2021, which is why, like, the municipal elections were, like, you know, a lot of progressives were elected, though uh, some of them, turns out, aren't so progressive when it comes to, like, uh, letting developers uh, have their way. But, like, how many conservative premiers have we gone through in the last decade now? Like, and just like the turn and just at the federal level, the provincial level or whatever, like, cause can nobody see just like the house of cards that is this conservative move, whatever it is that they, because I can't like, again, I can't get over how much they constantly talk about unity and un- being united and how clear it is that there's like absolutely none of that. Right. At least like, the so-called progressive parties know they don't get along, right? Right, like the liberals and the NDP or whatever know not to be the same party. Yeah, I mean, on the federal <laughs> level, they're not in a coalition, but they're like the NDP is essentially being taken for a ride um, by by the federal liberals. But um... yeah, but in this in the like in just in history though, like you've always had sort of these two progressive parties to choose from, and very like the entire goal of conservatism is to always only have the one party to choose from and then right and like like because as soon as they have like had a reform party and a progressive conservatives at the federal level they couldn't they they could didn't stand a chance right because now you're splitting a vote that can't afford to be split right like mm-hmm. the the country is just like at least 65 percent progressive and even though like we we don't have to get into whether we you know like whether parties actually end up being as progressive as they think they are or whatever we know that in canada like the bulk of the population are progressive and so like the the key for the conservative movement or whatever the conservative parties even exist is to only give you that one choice right and so that's why they they've realized that but this is also that's that same realization in the last 15 years is also the reason why they can't get any footing, right? Like they can't hold on to a leader. They can't, they, the, the facade of unity lasts only as long as a campaign. And then immediately it falls apart, right? Like immediately there's infighting. Like there's going to be that same thing here. Like even if the UCP MLAs that are in place can like hold their wad for six months, until an election there's no way they last four years and six months with a danielle smith-led government like all all you know holding hands and and fucking walking in the same direction and i just wonder when albertans will realize like you know what like what the source of that is and the fact like that uh you know these parties are no longer about the voter or anyone like it's just about like keeping power and blah 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 anyway i'm babbling now but i want to before we go i want to just quickly talk about the brooks medicine hat writing mm-hmm. writing i want because to obviously that. she's decided to run here and so um if you are in that riding i'm not so like it's a north of the like all basically like the river is the cutoff it's like third street downtown so everything yeah, north i, I of was that. I, I was Brooks Medicine Hat for most of the time I lived there. You were until so was I until, until I the redrawing. The... Oh, did they read? Because I remember there was Medicine Hat and Cypress Medicine Hat, and then they redrew them to make right. Them both so you and I were, we've never you and I were in just Medicine Hat. We weren't in Brooks Medicine Hat. Brooks Medicine Hat was redrawn after you left. No, it, it, I was in Brooks Medicine Hat. Um, oh because... yeah you lived on the north side of the river that's yeah, right yeah, yeah. that's right you Just did live in that you lived in that apartments anyway yeah. nobody like at the newsroom we're all cypress medicine hat based on where we live but anyways north of the river is brooks medicine hat but um so michaela glasgow won that riding with about 61.6 percent or something like that uh in 2019 um she had ran against uh it was like Oh, Bob the new Warner's, Dem- It was Bob Warner's riding, and he didn't run again. So no, 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 no. That was well. It was Brooks Medicine Hat, right? It wasn't Medicine Hat because those 
those writings were were redivided. Right, but the the technically it would have been Bob Warner's writing. It was uh, I forget the NDP candidate. She she was she actually I think she she was great. She she just didn't stand a chance. But I, I I. she she was a rural town councilor. I believe she's passed away since. Is that the Mc McMillan or something like that? Anyway, I don't I don't remember. But I, I mean, can't it goes remember, to show uh, it, how it, much it, of a landslide was for McMillan. Yeah, it was it was a it was. I could just Google this, but I'm not going to right now. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, point is is that so since three drawings, so now in this, Michaela's out, right? So Daniel Smith's running for the UCP. We have Barry Morishita, who's the former mayor of Brooks and the leader of the Alberta party and friend of the show. So if you haven't, if you want to learn about Barry, we have an episode uh, before our hiatus this spring when he was on. Um, so you can come and listen to that. Uh, he's a and good then, guy, but I wouldn't vote for him. He's a good guy, but you wouldn't vote for him. Yeah, I mean, I think we established in that episode that we like didn't really like agree with a lot of the things he was saying or like some of the policies that he was talking about, but that's about as respectful of a conversation as you can have. Like, that's the kind of like, if I have to live in a conservative leaning province, like I'd rather Barry Morishi to be the premier than any, you know what I mean? Like at least he's, yeah, yeah, he's like, he's, he's more than stomachable. Like, yeah, like, he's, I, the type of, he's the type of conservative you can have a conversation with, you know? Well, absolutely. Like, like, um, you know, he's like, I guess by Brooks standards, he's like somewhat progressive. I mean, the I know, I don't know if it was the mayor right before him, but Martin Shields was the mayor. Of <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Not that is not you can have a conversation. Yeah, with. that is not progressive. Um, Martin Shields is the MP now. Yes, exactly. That's mm-hmm. that's how I know who he is. He's the guy with the mustache, right? Yes. Yeah. Good mustache, bad guy. Um, but um Facts. Yeah, and then Gwendolyn Dirk. Yes, is for the, the NDP. NDP candidate. Yeah. Um and what what's that like? Do, like, does her campaign have a like it seems from the outside, it's like there's a reason Smith chose that riding. It's because it's easy for her to win. But well, you- I think that um I think okay, so I feel bad for Gwendolyn. Um, she's a teacher in town. She, I, um, I can't actually remember right now if she's a retired or not, but she's, um, in that age group. I, you know, close to retirement if she hasn't. Anyway, um, her partner is a constituency guy here for the NDP, Peter Mueller. He ran in this riding the last he ran in cypress medicine in cypress in 2019 um and was my wife's favorite teacher in high school but anyway um, i've heard he's a great teacher i don't yeah yeah i don't i mean i i've heard the same things right so anyways uh gwendolyn i know her uh like acquaintancy but she's one like she's a really nice person i feel bad for her in the sense that um like the timing of all of this, like, so she was announced as a candidate with the, in, in after, so they waited and basically waited until the Kenny leadership thing was out of the way so that they could have some like publicity with it. They announced Gwendolyn. She was to then have a year to really put on a campaign, really get her voice out, really like hammer on some issues. And now she's being forced to run in like three weeks from now. I think, uh, I don't know what you do if you're the NDP. Like if like she's not going to win this by-election. And if she doesn't do very well, do you run her again in the spring? Or do you have to find a new candidate? And so that's where I say I feel bad for her because mm-hmm. she's being sort of pushed into a candidate or into a campaign into an, a, a by-election that she doesn't have a near as good a shot at at making noise in as she would have if she had the full year to go right and so um i just don't see her being able to get her much of her voice out out there that being said it looks like there's only going to be three candidates so it's going to only be barry morishita gwendolyn dirk and danielle smith so it's 
know that we've talked to every other party the you knew the rip was not going to run against daniel smith right. in this riding like obviously they're going to step aside and let her have this riding um the buffalo party of alberta whatever that one they're what's gonna that? They, yeah what's that well do you remember did you hear much about the buffalo party in saskatchewan that started up they actually yeah finished- that's what that was my understanding that 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 it was a Saskatchewan. Yeah, sort of so they separatist. actually finished second in a couple of Southwest ridings, uh, like Maple Creek and whatnot. So conservative as hell. Yeah. Yes. So um, they I have think their... Saskatchewan's the new Alberta because it does. It's like Alberta, but doesn't have like two like m- massive cities. Absolutely. Yeah, it's basically Alberta thirty years ago. Like it's yeah. it's trying to become what Alberta is now. But anyway, so so they're not going to run. Uh, the, obviously, the Alberta Liberals aren't going to run, yada, yada, yada. So it looks like three. It, they have until the 21st of October, which will be, I don't know what the date is right now, buddy. It's the 15th. So basically till today or tomorrow or whatever it is, they have till. So if you're reading this and it's still three candidates, it's going to be three candidates. Are you listening to this? Anyway. Could the Alberta party and the NDP split enough get enough votes for them that smith um doesn't get quite the landslide victory that even glasgow does to me she's going to win for sure but if she gets less than 61.6 percent that's a win for the ndp for the ndp or any other party right if she gets less than 50 that's humongous like indictment of of how she, well how much did uh michaela Frey get um 61.6 right yeah. so yeah i mean i i wouldn't expect smith to gain less i think it's gonna be humiliating for barry um when like i don't it'll be interesting to see who comes in second um yeah if he can't finish second that's bad he should run in calgary elbow like that I, I mean, that's a riding, right? I mean, it was represented by Greg Clark. Yep. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's, uh, you know, Schweitzer was the MLA who's at least seen as being, uh, and I think he was on the more moderate wing of the UCP. It just didn't mean anything at the yeah, end. Yeah, he just shut his mouth once he yeah. was. Well, he, right. well, I, back when he was justice minister, he was very like brash and like he was one of Kenny's attack dogs. I, I wrote mm-hmm. a piece about it for the sprawl. And then that once they moved him out of justice and made him like economic development, he, he sort of toned it down a lot. But, um, you know, and he obviously, like, I think it was pretty obvious he he saw Smith was winning. He's like, I can't, I don't want any part of this. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I think like if Barry like in the general they should run him in Calgary elbow. Um, it'd be interesting to see who runs for the UCP here. Um, the NDP are of course running a PC guy uh samir uh Kiende, i believe his name is uh who blocked me on twitter for posting a mario meme adam so um not sensitive uh, okay gotcha yeah, yeah he's very fragile was your mario voiced by chris pratt no no no. it was just so he he tweeted <laughs> that uh woke capitalism is the best capitalism in response, like quote tweeting a tweet that about how the military needs to be more woke. And I just, you know, the Mario meme where it's like you drop this and then it's like, yes. And so it was, uh, you drop this in his clown license. Oh, that's awesome. And so I, and I ratioed him so hard. And so he blocked me. Well, it's a stupid thing to fucking say, nonetheless. Anyway, yeah. like it um, was that, that was a clownish thing to say. But, anyways, right, not a progressive at all. Um, I, I, I get it. Like Calgary elbow is a weird riding. Um, in, in fact, I'm, I'm at the like northernmost edge of Calgary elbow. If I lived across the street, you'd be in be, a different riding. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Joe CC would be my MLA, um, who I quite like as a guy. Uh, and he was a city counselor in Calgary for a while and was like, a yeah, like Joe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I run into him every now and then I'll be biking and see him just because sure. his office is, 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 uh, very close to me um and, and, and that's thing when smith is like oh well you can just uh 
you know, express your concerns to like the neighboring MLA. It's like, well, I think I like my neighboring MLA more than uh Yeah. My well, it's, MLA. it's Drew Barnes is doing the stuff in Brooks Medicine Hat right now until after the election too. Oh, so goody. it's just go to your neighboring MLA. It's just no big deal. But uh so anyways, it's gonna be I think we all know what's gonna happen. I, I don't we were talking about this in the newsroom, but I the interested to see what turnout's gonna be. Um, obviously the get rid of the NDP election had like 67%, which was pretty high for, uh, this province and, and a provincial election. I imagine that the turnout's going to be really low for this by-election. Colin has been talking to people in town that like, just don't even know what's happening. And it's like, what do you, what, what can you do? It's like front page news every day. Like, what are we supposed to do beyond that? But yeah, but also the, uh, I mean, the, um, you know, by-elections normally have low turnout because, yeah. w- w- you know, when it's an election, pe- everyone is aware and either you vote or you don't. But like a, bi-ele- a by-election, is right, it's so like specific in like one writing. I think a lot of people don't understand. Like, I think when a lot of people are voting, they're not even thinking about the local candidate, right? They're thinking about no. the party and that party's exactly. leader. Now, in this case... Uh, two party leaders are running but it's just like it doesn't have that like provincial like um you know people aren't ta- i mean people are talking about it but it's like weirdos like us who like follow this stuff closely but it's also like it's a coronation right like again lit- like it's literally there so smith can win it that's why she didn't run in calgary elbow that's why they're yep, not going to be a by-election in calgary elbow of course which also like ndp shut up about it like there's not going to be a by-election here that sucks it's unfair it's hypocritical because she criticized jim prentice when she was the wilders i saw leader. the clip yeah ex- for exactly the same thing not wanting to run in calgary elbow because he wouldn't win um but get over it like it's not gonna happen so move on to things that actually um actually matter yeah i mean there's a fine line certainly between hammering somebody for but i think like if the ndp doesn't pace himself a little bit like she's gonna do some crazy shit she's gonna say some like the 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 level of which we're stuck on this, like the vax she called vaccinated, the most discriminated she's ever witnessed or whatever. Like it's a stupid fucking thing to say. Everybody knows that we already know she doesn't give a fuck about like other people like this. But to if this is all we talk, like if we're hammering on that so fucking much and so hard now, what are you going to do with the sovereignty act and the other things that come out in the next six months? Like I'm just saying, it can't all be attacked at like an 11 out of 10, you know? And so like, if yeah, again, like the Calgary elbow thing. Yeah. It's stupid, but that's, that's, but it's going to be like how it is. Like it, every day is going to be a new stupid thing. So yeah. Pace yourself a little bit. Exactly. And, and people, it just, I, I wrote about this in my newsletter, uh, right like it just desensitizes people to it and normalizes it and yeah the way to combat that isn't through you know oh my god look how outrageous this is it's like yeah this is outrageous now here's what we're gonna do that's actually gonna make your lives better and i i know um the ndp actually just released like their alberta's future platform about yeah and um i'm I'm gonna have a look at it this week and probably write a newsletter on it and okay. analyze it but um yeah well let's uh let's get out of people's hair here yeah and uh, uh i think it's uh, pretty go ahead sorry Oh no! I just think it's gonna be a very interesting uh, yeah. uh, bunch of months in Alberta. Yes. Uh, you know, I think that goes without saying, but you know, uh, things are gonna get weird, and uh, we're here um, to well, I think try and make yeah. sense of it all. In I think we're gonna find out just how willing Alberta as a whole is to, um sort of ignore their own interests in order to just sort of follow the like told the alberta party you know, not the alberta party but the alberta space party line like where like 
it's like this is just how it's always been here so keep it up because nobody agrees with any of the shit she wants to do like even in medicine hat she's she's not popular like nobody thinks she'd be a great a good premier not a a majority of people are against the sovereignty act a majority of people here were pro vaccine passports when they first came out all of these things oh is that right oh fuck yeah i mean it was a smaller majority like i think the province i think a poll was like 77 percent wanted a vaccine passport and in like just little polling around town or whatever you'd get like 55 kind of thing but like always a majority that aren't really like for that kind of like aren't like disagree in the it's no different than like as you talked about individual policies of the UCP as they came out after Kenny came in people didn't agree with them nearly on the passionate level that they would have that they agreed with the party as a whole being in government so you start asking about these individual policies and whatnot and people are like yeah that doesn't sound very good to me it's like yeah well exactly so i don't have to tell you but anyway so it's gonna be interesting um we have uh a guest in our next episode coming out um that we've been trying to get for the since or well not trying to get but it was she was on our list of people that we want to have on the show for the entire time that we've had the show so we're excited to bring her on um and we'll uh, tell you about that as it gets close but um anyway let's get out of here it was uh nice to see you again sorry folks for us having a little bit of like rustiness to all this but we thought we better come back show that we aren't cowards talk a little bit about this stuff we never actually talked about uh how the level of which danielle smith stole our fucking podcast name oh yeah she came in here we were the first people to come up with that obviously we were the like we coined the phrase like no one in history of time before we came up with the name um had ever thought of that and like that's not how we came up with it in the first place like we we coined it so we also didn't point out that we have our first podcaster premiere we have our first podcast what podcaster premiere oh yeah we do yeah yeah maybe she'll come on our show that's why, yeah, Danielle. I think she would actually. I don't like. I don't. Know I she think would. she thinks she'd own us. So, I think. Yeah, we should actually try to get her. I mean, she might own us. She's not like you know. Yeah, I know one of her comms people. Actually, I can reach out to him. Oh fuck! Know. Let's make this happen, yeah. Danielle. Don't be a don't be a coward. Come on, our come on from yeah, the corner. Come on, free speech. Free speech. Free speech. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, it's good to see you. Uh, you forgot and, to thank uh, our, everybody. Uh, uh, we'll you forgot get... to thank our uh, our big donors. Oh fuck! Like I can't even remember how we do this show. Um, do we still have donors after we? Yeah, yeah. I think we just need to reactivate them. Yeah, I think I, we lost yeah, red. That... Who did we lose? I thought we lost oh, red. Ray? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, he's been thanked enough. Anyways, uh, all right. We're gonna since we're turning it back on and taking your money again. We'd really like to thank those of our patrons who go well above and beyond anything we could ever hope for. So to Farish Audrey, to Nicola Dinicola, to Chris Derwold, Dave Bonmiller, and Darius Beregard. You guys are amazing. Sorry we've been so long. We're also sorry we suck at this uh, coming out of a three-month break, but we'll get better. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.